podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap. I'm Neil Atkinson. This is the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet, uh, where losses, 50% of all losses, uh, and therefore profits for the company go back to support a Liverpool supporter-based causes, uh, gambled responsibly and enjoyably. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. Uh, I am Neil Atkinson, and I'm joined by Ben Johnson, Paul Senior, and Rob Gutman to talk primarily about Liverpool 4, West Ham United 1. Uh, and we're going to talk about the fact that that was a very, very impressive performance from the Reds, Ben. I was sort of of the view that I, I almost wanted the crowd to be more rapturous. I certainly felt like being more rapturous. I think that is, that was the performance of a very, very good side. You can begin to take beaten teams, even like West Ham, bottom half teams, 4-1 for granted. You shouldn't do. That's a really good Liverpool team playing really well. Yeah, I thought we were excellent. I thought from, from start to finish we were excellent. We had a little 10 minutes here and there uh, throughout the game, but the response... When we wobbled a little bit, uh, both times the response was perfect uh, for different reasons. Um, the first times after they hit the bar, they, they were on top. Arnautovic was playing well. He turned the mat up a little bit too easily a couple of times. And the response was, OK, well, we're just going to score and then we're just going to control the game. And then second half, when we needed a couple of minutes just to put, just to, just kill, the, kill the game. We haven't seen it for years. Or it felt like we haven't seen it for years. This team just went, yeah, I guess that ball a minute. Van Dijk, uh, Firmino, Oxlade-Chamberlain, just Milner, just doing sensible things with the ball for 10 minutes. The crowd didn't like it because we weren't scoring goals left, right and centre like some kind of basketball match. Um, but it was exactly what we needed. And that, that just, it gives you so much faith that this team is learning and progressing and developing. And, uh, the, the you know, Klopp, Klopp, Spoke that the last couple of weeks we've we've focused a lot on uh, our ability to control games. He's mentioned it a couple of times when they've been away. They've, they've looked at tactical stuff. They've looked at being able to ensure that we don't knock off because when this team doesn't knock off, we can beat anyone in the world. And I think what the what they're trying to do now is make sure that we never knock off. Rob, um, you know what? I had to watch you back to realise how good we'd been because during it, I'd been a bit more nervous than I think it was justified. I thought I came away thinking we'd perhaps played within ourselves a little bit. I thought that the, we start very brightly. You know, we, get, we make that chance within three or four minutes, I think, where Salah hits the post. And after that, um, I felt they frustrate us. Anatovic has that effort, which is tipped onto the bar unbelievably vicarious. And when we get the goal, it's a, it's, it's a consequence of pressure, but it's headed from a corner. And I, I always think it's, it's amazing how in those tight games where that's the goal that gets your breakthrough. It happens against Brighton. We, we end up being, I think, it's one of our best performances of the season away at Brighton earlier this season. Regardless of the opposition, we were fantastic that day. But the breakthrough <coughs> comes on the back of a, of a header from a, from a corner. Um, in terms of controlling it, I always thought we'd take the, uh, to take, the, take the game away from West Ham. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, it, it was a great performance. It's hard to see it in context. I suppose the context is I had every fear that we might not win it before the game. Yeah, it's a similar sort of message from me, I suppose. The, the, I think the two games against West Ham are, are sort of show the, the almost immeasurable growth in this side. Um, I remember watching the game at a, a subscriber event in Belfast, was it? Yeah, yep. Belfast that we did. Um and Liverpool take the lead, play nice stuff, come on from the second half uh, and then concede to a Lanzini goal in the away leg. 
and you go, oh, how do you respond from this? You know, I'd seen at Leicester, Liverpool almost fall apart earlier in the season. Simon Mignolet saves the pen, sort of saves our bacon, although we were quite impressive. He gives the bacon to them first. Yeah, though. yeah, he does. <laughs> he does give them the, the but bacon-faced. My point being was that the the, the, look, the impending doom of the opposition scoring, scoring the goal and Liverpool's ability to fall apart was so apparent then. We're, in these two games against West Ham, Liverpool have just responded in the perfect way. So obviously, the, there's the Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain goal that puts the game to bed uh, in in London. But in this game again, what Ben was saying about the way that Liverpool just went, yeah, all right, you scored. Antonio's gone through and got a, a goal, but then we just knocked it around. I thought Milner and Van Dijk together in tandem were just immense. You know, both showed a sort of level of experience that you haven't seen in the side. I thought Milner all day was absolutely fantastic and we went on scored another that, that fourth goal was tremendous and we're going to win the game this Liverpool side at the moment or as good a Liverpool side as I've seen in a long long time it strikes me I mean we can we don't have to talk about the game in order Ben so let's talk about that that period <laughs> after 3-1 so let's talk about 3-1 to 4-1 one of the things that strikes me within it is you're sort of looking now at a win at Huddersfield uh, a win at Southampton which didn't feel quite as controlled but actually in hindsight when you watch it back it was the win at Porto you know against Porto the goals don't come bang 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 the goals come like a, a game that's being managed and now this one the 4-1 against West Ham it seems to me you're seeing a football match just be that, that this is that, that, that that's four times the last five games and the other game is against a very good Spurs side where you you're able to say Liverpool just just always had the right level of control and that's four times out of five that's not a coincidence that's not an accident that's that's lads learning doing the right thing and and I think you see it brilliantly in that period between three one and four one when we just go right nothing's gonna happen for five minutes things are gonna start to happen now we're gonna take the game away from you now it's four one see you in a bit it's almost as though like you couldn't have ticked it off better yourself. One of the things that, that you know, the start of the season, the end of last season, uh, one of the things that you used to criticise Klopp is that uh, this Liverpool team don't learn from the mistakes. This Liverpool team, when the system doesn't work, when we don't press as a unit, when positional, positionally we aren't perfect, it breaks down a little bit and it's too easy to score against. You know, we, we went through that period of conceding the same goal when we're, when we're battering teams and we concede the same goal, the same goal, the same unfortunate goal. And every week you're looking at each other thinking, this can't carry on. You know, we're too good for this. And and now you're looking at this, you're looking at a Liverpool team that just, regardless really of of who's in it, you know, and you look at them, the, the midfield today, uh, there's no one Alden. Well, the, the other day, there's no one Alden. Um, there's no Henderson. And yet the midfield functions. There's no Lallana. That was our best midfield last season. Last season when we played our best football, our midfield was Henderson, Winald, and Lallana. It's it, the thing is Milner's come in, and I thought for, I thought for a, for a, for a long time uh, his best position was left back, and he couldn't really do it in, in centre midfield anymore. He's had a resurgence of such that he's, he's he's providing us something that we needed, and it's not just clever positional playing, clever and interchanging. It's it's tacking his men and picking the bits up and being in the right positions to win a foul, give a foul away. This team looks now like a team to me that everybody knows where they need to be at all times, with the ball, without the ball, or two full-backs either side, regardless of whether it's Gomez or Trent. Um, in fairness, probably Moreno or Robertson, it, with, with Moreno's latter form, although Robertson's much better at the moment. They know when to go, when not to. Robertson, early season, 
was crossing the ball too much every time he got it. Now he's having a touch, he's having a think, he's putting the ball in when it needs putting in. Everybody's playing as one unit. Um, when that unit's so good, it's very, very difficult to, to, to defend against. You know, you look, that's that's a Moyes side who think say what you want about him. And yeah, it's funny to take the piss out of David Moyes all day long and you can do and there's loads of, you know, there's you loads of things that you, that you can, yeah, we'll get onto that. But there's loads of things that you can take the piss out of him for, but what he's very good at is nullifying a game if he wants to. You know, he's, he's set up with three centre-halves. It's an organisation, isn't it? Is, he's, and, and the Blue Nose has hated him for it and he wanted shot of him in the end because he, because he he wasn't attacking enough. But what he's, what he's excellent at doing is nullifying a game. He's gone there with three centre-halves uh, basically play five at the back and they, they couldn't get tight they couldn't get near because they go tight against the three Oxley chamberlain just goes and has a little wonder stands next to the centre the centre half for a bit and then they think oh, can I go with him or not and then he drifts and then he picks the ball up second half he just kept the, picking the ball up in number 10 and turning and there's three lads running in front of him that can't be defended I, I don't care who you are you've got to come up with some plan to defend against that and that plan needs to be you've got players as good as we've got you know Tottenham were able to do it against us. They're the only team recently that have been able to do it. And, and the thing that frustrates me is that this Liverpool team isn't getting the credit it deserves. You know, there's been quite a bit of negativity around, oh, what happens if someone gets injured, or what happens if this, or what happens if that. And whenever we batter someone, someone says, ah, yeah, but it was only Spartak Moscow and they play in like, the, you know, the Zenitator systems and they're not worth a carrot. Cause, and I'm going, they've been whacking everyone all season. No one's been there and beat them. In the, in the European Cup but it's okay we'll go to the next one we go and whack someone else we put three past Seville in half an hour alright we cocked up in the second half of that game we put three past them they didn't get the ball remember how good Porto were a week ago Porto everyone was telling so us Porto the, the greatest defensive unit the world's ever seen blah 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 this that the other we absolutely give them a hiding and then people are moaning you know people in the papers are saying ah yeah it was only Porto it's only the Portuguese league well fucking hell <laughs> give us a bit of credit do you know what I mean and it, it drives you mad because I think that this is a seriously good football team genuinely a very very good football team and and at some point possibly when we've got a 60 European Cup round our head someone's going to run out of excuses to why we're not mm-hmm. and then they'll say oh they are a good fucking football team aren't they after all there's there's a, there's a lot of that going on sometimes I, I, I get I get frustrated about Ben's thing you know you go to Seville and you put on a performance for for a period which is as good as anyone can do in Europe. Porto five nil against the side that doesn't doesn't lose at home doesn't lose generally. They're not they're not in this the latter stages of the Champions League through being mugs. Yeah, West Ham. Oh, that looks like a difficult game for Liverpool. They're they're the sort of teams that Liverpool hate to play against. The manager comes away and says, you know, you just can't compete with that. When 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 are this Liverpool side going to start? Being seen as as the only challenger to Manchester City at the moment, you know, watch which Man United, Chelsea, yesterday, not not in the not in the same league as this Liverpool side, not on the same league. Manchester United are ahead of us, and it's frustrating, and that's that's because of what I'm now putting this down as yesterday's news. You know, Liverpool's former mistakes, which they've um, which they've sort of ironed out. I think Ben's point on Milner as well, is absolutely spot on. But what I think. Is maybe the, the forgotten thing of that is just how much he, he sort of enables the fullbacks to have a good game mm. in selfless work. You know, this is James Milner, who when when he comes off the bench from Man City in 13-14, is a flying right winger, and now he's selflessly covering fullbacks, making Andy Robinson let, letting them play basically. 
So there was times where Robertson maybe gets caught slightly high up the pitch, used their Milner, bang, sweeps it up, no problem. It's it's maybe the the sort of experienced head that 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 the sides needed for a while, and it's 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 it, I think it's just balanced the three man midfield. I just want to come back on. I want to come back on Ben's point and then part of Paul's point there, Rob. And we've talked mm. about this before. I remember you know me and you we've talked about eighty seven, eighty eight a lot, and mm. we've talked about you know one of the things that you see in that side is its propensity to score fours. Yeah, but it just scores four. And I want to use you know when when Ben's saying there, it always gets written off as well. What about X? So let's use Bournemouth early this season as an example. We go to Bournemouth, we put four past them. Mm. And everyone says, well, Bournemouth played into Liverpool's hands, they did this, they did this, they did this. Yeah. Bournemouth, I've just gone through, they have not been whacked at home all season by anybody. No one else has done it. No one else has gone to Dean Court and put four past them. We're the only side who've done that. This And, and we're now, you know, we're having this conversation as February turns to March. So someone might still go and do it, but the point is, it's right. like no one else has. Until uh, we got there anyway. Yeah, and Brighton until we got there, they had a pretty solid goal difference. My point is, that, you know, really, really good sides. They do score fours, they do score fives, they make it look routine, but it isn't routine. I wrote in my article at the weekend, oh, well, 11-12, the only game we scored four goals in in the league that season, or against top flight opposition full stop, was Chelsea, when they just beat us in the cup final and they were still drunk. Mm. We went an entire campaign there, because that was in May, where we didn't bang anyone. And th- this is the point, the point is that you can keep going, oh, the opposition this, the opposition that. No, no, no. This Liverpool team, mate, this Liverpool team are great. Yeah, I mean, I think there's many scenes. I think uh, the year we win the European Cup, I think we you probably only find two goal, two games where we we put that amount of goals past the team. This has now been. I think I saw a stat the other day. Is it something like eleven games we've got four or more in? It's it's there's two, in all competitions yeah. two two sevens. We've scored seven twice. Yeah. Two sevens, three fives, and a hat full of fours. That's ridiculous. And the point is, when we talk about bad defences. These aren't four twos and four threes. These are mainly four and five nils. Maybe the odd one. The, this is a really, really, really strong Liverpool team. And I think we'd, we'd seen signs, you know, we did a lot of signs of it last season. People confused by last season where we put in a title challenge till Christmas, fell away, then had a lot of injuries and just about got it across the line, but actually finished with quite a lot of good results. Mm. But I thought it augured well, broadly. A bit, bit, bit like I was, felt Brendan Rodgers' season before the title challenge season augured well in the second half because that team suddenly started to put teams away. Not all the time. It had some, some shabby days out, but it was winning threes and fours. That is a side of a very good side. This, this isn't going to be the finished version of this Liverpool team. I, I think we will see something closer to that next season. Now, that's an obvious thing to say. But I thought we saw evolution, more of the evolution. I think the Milner thing that everyone's banging on about is absolutely right. He's finally been the player he's always told us he could be in that central midfield position. I like him and a Chamberlain or a Lallana ahead of a number six. It, it echoes some of what City are doing where they're playing two number tens as number eights. And I think that's where Klopp is going with this. I think you're looking Absolutely. at Keita and another attacking player. It could be a Lamar, it could be a Lallana. But I think <laughs> attack is the is Klopp's best form of defence. And I think it's getting a stronger version of defence. We're a side that's in prolonged title winning win form now you know? yes on, bo- on both at, both domestically and on the European stage so the real measure of you is, is what we're doing in Europe and I don't think we've had a huge test in Europe but I think when I say the test is what you're doing in Europe but sometimes it's are you the side that everybody wants to avoid and I would say we are 100% that I don't think Real Madrid Paris Saint-Germain Barcelona not, not one of them fancies fancies Liverpool home or away that, and I think that's the other thing. It's we can't play our game against these because if we expand, they'll destroy us. And that is that's a 
that that harps back to Cop's first uh, press conference for me, where he says, you know, we'll bring them down to our level, and then we'll we'll pick them off from there. You see in that chapter and verse, now you've seen it one hundred percent that anyone who wants to come and play their game will find a way to nullify that and then pick you off. On the strong start uh, in this one, Ben, one of the things that strikes me is is that you know we we, we hit the post early, we lose our way a tiny little bit. They just come into it. I think one of the things that actually helps us in the game is the fact that Arnautovic plays really well mm. because what that does is that gives them hope because they're suddenly <coughs> going hang on this, this fellow's having a world year today because he really was I mean you can, you, can, you, can, you can understate how good his performance was I thought he was terrific but it, what it did is it made them feel as though we, we, we can play a little bit here and maybe that's going to be a little bit of our way home and as you saw them begin to come out then what you got to see was Liverpool steamroll them back and I think that's dead interesting they begin to look to push out and then we just steam them back yeah and I it, go, it goes back to that. How's, how's a manager set up against us? Because all of a sudden, you know, previous incarnations of this Liverpool team, you thought we probably need, and we done it to, we done it to an extent last season. We need an extra man behind the ball because uh, in case we get, in case they break, we need an extra man behind the ball in case they break because we're we're not great in transition defending our own box. Now and, and teams set up to to exploit that, but now you've got fans like in there who, quite frankly, could well be the greatest centre-half I've ever seen with my eyes. Mm. And I, I know that's ridiculous, and I know it's an overstatement, and all this carry on, but I don't fucking care, because <laughs> every game I see him play... Every, we were texting about it the other night. Uh, every every game I see mad. him play, he just looks like... One-man defence, isn't it? It, it is, and it, but it, it, it's genuinely to that extent, and the impact that has on the rest of your team is that, OK, well, you don't need Henderson in front of him. You'd go, you'd go and meet him in moody places in Blackpool, wouldn't you, all day long? All day long. All, was, again and all again and again all until, day long sure. until you got him. Yeah, because you see why he did Because that. his ability to change the team, to change the, to change the ability of what the team can do, just by being great in the air, great in the tackle, great, strong and quick over, over, the, over oh, the ground to get back too. in. And a leader, but also then, he can play footy from centre-half, yeah. and he does play footy from centre-half, to the extent that he don't need Anderson on his toes, or he don't need Chan on his toes, and a couple of times, he fucked Chan off first half, lad, go away, I don't need you, I'll do this. You go up there, all of a sudden, you've got an extra man then. All of a sudden, everyone's 10 yards higher. 10 yards higher. They've got an extra man to look after. We've got the full-backs on either side being able to bomb on, because well, if we've got big verge there, if, if, if they lose the ball... He'll, he'll, knock, he'll, he'll sort it out the only time it falls apart is when Chance uses it all day long and then we're a little bit ragged because he's, it's obvious just passed the ball and he doesn't and the manager references that score, isn't Saudi it? score the manager references it he should have just fucking passed it and it would have been fine that how do you how do you defend against that you know everyone's I was, I was worried about Porto I was genuinely worried because out of every team left in that I didn't want Porto because everyone was saying these fellas are these are hard they're strong they're, they're Great in the air, they're tactically brilliant. It's a, it's an even matchup. We've just wiped the floor with them. We wiped the floor with them. They didn't have a chance. You know, they had one chance in the first ten minutes, and then we just battered them. How do you how do you set up against that Liverpool team to defend it? And it, you know, the teams are able to do it, but you've got to try and come up with a tactical plan now. Uh, <laughs> all the best because because there's variance on what we do as well. You know, you can take Oxley Chamberlain out, you put somebody else in that position, and he plays slightly differently. 
And I, Do you know what Ben struck me looking at it again? There's pace all over the side. It's not just the front. That, that back four is really pacey now. Is there a pacier back four as a, as a unit? Van Dyke's got pace. Matip's no slouch. Robertson's very quick. This, is a, this very is a side quick. 12 months ago. We're saying there's one pace reliant on yeah. one man's pace yeah. as well. And that, that's another Fastest thing. defence in the division, I um, guess. It's, it's unbelievable that the, the change from, I don't know, post Sunderland last year to where we are now, and where everyone just looks fast. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, the Van Dyke thing is. What I've found, I, do you know when, you, when there's good strikers playing and you go, oh, I can watch you all day, and you find yourself just watching his movements. I'm doing it with Van Dijk, he's a fucking centre half. Do you know, I, I'm sat there going, look at the way he just, he's happy to give them a yard and they'll run almost at a weird angle with them and then he'll go for them. Rather than just over committing, I'll go, go, go. And then, oh, like he did when he came with Southampton. He's almost like rewriting defending a little bit and he gets it wrong where he steps out. Does he, I think he steps out for Firmino. Yeah. He steps out to go to that, and it and Liverpool almost shifted. Well, you know that that looks strange at the time, but it, what he's doing is he's going. No, I can see what's happening here. Bang! I'm coming for that. He is honestly worth all these fucking stupid internet sites that were making jokes about was paying seventy five million for him. I'm at that position where I was at with Salah early in the season. Go and give fucking Southampton another 75. He's I'm, worth every penny. I'm at, the, I'm at the point where actually, at the time, people go, would you trade Van Dijk for Coutinho in January? I'm going, you ride it back all day long. All day yeah. long. If, because I'd if we had Coutinho, we had him, you know, those options in the front four, you go, that's delicious still. Mm. I wouldn't want them all necessarily on the pitch at the same time. But our, but our, our back half our team would still look the running joke of the division. You, you worry at that time, Rob, is what does this side look like without... Does does Firmino all of a sudden drop off if Coutinho's not there or Salah? Are we are we over reliant on this service or that? Since he's gone, uh, you couldn't tell. You know we've been that good. There's a you there's a there's a uh, what's your man's name? Is Andrew Beasley? Yeah. Some stats this morning about Liverpool with Coutinho, Liverpool without Coutinho, and, and it, it's it's stark the difference. That I think the points per game since he's left, it's points per game without him, something like two point three, and the points with is something like one point eight, and the he goes through it's it's, it's really interesting to have a look but he, he but he it doesn't look like a blip you know and you and, and everyone's flapping and everyone's panicking and everyone's calling Klopp a clown and you know he's an FSC this that the other when we when we sell Coutinho but since then we've battered everyone but there's, there's, <laughs> something, there's something in general I mean I think for instance you said that the defence in the same way that for instance we were saying before when's this Liverpool side going to get some credit the defence you said it's the running joke of the division well it shouldn't have been you know you know it was and, but it, it, this is another example of people just getting stuff wrong it shouldn't have been the defence was actually alright you know there's a couple of blips in there where for instance you know if, if you take from the 4-1 against Spurs there's the 3-3 in Sevilla there's the 3-3 against Arsenal you can point at those ones but apart from that you're actually looking at the defence that is broadly speaking, you know, is done as as being pretty good. And then you've gone and added a far better centre half into it. You've gone and said, right, those two centre halves, they're quite good. Let's get one that's brilliant and put him in it and see what it does. And I thought the ease with which they sort of managed that game right the way through on uh, on Saturday, Rob, you know, and and then watching them shift through the gears. You mentioned it's good to get the goal from a from a corner. It mm. is, and I think part of that though is if you actually look at where the ball gets delivered to, there's two lads who are six foot five attacking it. Yeah. There's Milner who does a brilliant job pinning the keeper. By the yeah. way, I mean it's a it's a it's a proper bit of dirt count making the keeper's life an absolute. He said misery. they worked on it, didn't they? Yeah, they clearly worked on it because the ball's trajectory goes right past those two. If either of them connect, it's almost certainly in. And Chan. It's a lovely header. But my point more is, they were really turning the screw at that point. It wasn't like the goal was absolutely coming. No. But they were turning the screw. Suddenly, West Ham could not get out of their own final third. And you were thinking, 
you weren't necessarily thinking it's coming in the next five minutes, but you were thinking we're going in one nil up. It's three consecutive corners, isn't it? It's the third. It's the third of those two two slightly mishit crosses, and the wind was a factor. And uh, and there's a third cross. So there's a, there's a momentum of pressure there, and they worked on it in the week. I was I was watching those corners as we had. You suddenly looked, and you had Chan, uh, Van Dijk, and Matip, three big big lads strolling forward. And you think, oh yeah, that doesn't look like a Liverpool attack, <laughs> Liverpool uh, set piece situation. Suddenly, it felt a very different sort of threat. And I, I think and for me, it was five. 11 6 yeah, yeah. Manny's decent in the air you know this is as you've seen Manny score headers for us this is I was looking at it thinking hang on I do this thing where I go likely to likely scorers from a set piece one yes. Van Dijk two Matip even though that's bollocks he's number 11 three <laughs> uh, three uh, Chan the one who pops up the point is that you've got to look after Matip someone's got to mark him and if you're West Ham at some point you're tall players you run out of them and suddenly Emre Chan's got room yeah and it's both it's in both boxes is it, isn't it as well suddenly that, that, that one sort of wide free kick we for years we concede you know people could get a free kick 10 years 10 yards inside our half and you go oh shit we're in trouble here yeah no that's not but they've worked on that it's not just the, the personnel we now defend those 10 yards outside our own box and i've moved from one end of the pitch to another here but it's but it's it's Every dead ball situations are not trepidation or, or I'm excited when we get a dead ball I think something can happen maybe not a free kick it's been a while since I've been excited about a free kick but uh, but certainly from a corner kick yeah especially the, the Van, Van Dijk comes close again in this game he seems to be this yes. seems to be coming like a, they should like score a, to be honest it's a bad header yeah it is a bad header it's straight, it's straight down the keeper's throat but, there's no power on it but this, alone, is a, this, is, <laughs> this is a sad back off this is a sad <laughs> my favourite thing about him is he makes mistakes and just goes yes it's Sam we'll just, we'll just sort it out in a minute we've scored 103 goals and it's almost like we've added another threat do you know you know what I'm saying like Liverpool for years has been like the Roman joke since Zupia left I suppose shite at set pieces both defending and attacking and now we look they get a corner I'm not asked I mean Big Mart Skirtle scored 7 13 14 it does make a difference I mean he he put 7 in at the other end God bless him but it does (laughs) it it does make a difference but watching them shift through the gears Ben and that's the thing I'm watching them win everything throughout the game Milner wins 9 tackles and I think that you see that in the run up to half time when we go through the gears suddenly they can't get out suddenly they're penned suddenly they're going well what do we how do we actually deal with this they decide they're going to try and kick Milner out the game which is really weird but quite entertaining but there is this sort of this waves that begin to come before the break. We get the goal, we pull back, and then it's beginning to come before half time. We pull back, and then second half we come, and it's wave after wave after wave. But it's because of the way they win the ball. Yeah, I, I, it's. It, I don't care who you are. You, you, you struggle if teams don't let you play footy ever anywhere on the pitch. Then you struggle to play footy unless you're a really good team. And West Ham played for about five minutes. In the first half, it's kept the ball well, and our outs were just calling us, causing us headaches. But it's the work rate all over the pitch. It's not, and and that's, I think we've said for for quite a while. This team, when it clicks as a, as a, as an eleven unit, there's no one who can beat it. Really, it, it's very very difficult to beat it. And you know, there's a couple of examples. Firmino's goal comes from uh, I think Mane drifts drifts centrally on the attack before the goal. Um, and Firmino drops in for him, left wing. He just drops in for him. He thinks, well, he's there, he's out of position, I'll drop in. If he doesn't drop in, we don't score because he's then attacking the ball from left wing when Chan plays him in. And it's all stuff like that. You know, someone else someone else misses the ball, loses the ball, someone's grafting for them to fill in. Milner's done it all day long, just plugged holes all day long. And you need that, you need the balance. And it's now, I think the, the system's been right for a while, just the personnel hasn't been 
right in terms of we've had a couple of centre halves who aren't quite as good playing together. You now plonked in one of the best centre halves in the world, and it's gone up a level. The system was all right, but you had a clown and goal. He's now hopefully never going to play for us ever again. And this fella's starting to show that he, he's actually half a keeper. Do you know what I'm saying? He makes a couple of great saves. It's a great save, that. The, the, first the, the first one. I think both are great saves. I didn't even realise he'd saved it uh, yeah. until I'd seen it back. I thought, I asked the question in the ground, did he save that? And I don't think really anyone could answer me. But it was, it's a tremendous save once you've seen it back. You've seen the second the second one, which I was right in line with it. It's all over it's, the place, It's like a it? fucking sidewinder. It's all over the place. As it's left his foot and you're seeing it, you go, oh my shit, shit, it's in. And then somehow he gets across. Sorry to come it's across your point, save. Ben. Uh, just the distribution thing with him as well, the keeper. Yeah. The, he's on the floor. I, I can't yeah. remember who stood in front of him. And he's he's got us again on the move. I think, that, I think that's what Klopp is seeing most in him, is, to be honest, this is... It almost as tactical speed of thought to get us on the move again. So. The other thing, the other thing though, and I'll come back to you a bit on it when you talk about the work rates. The other thing that it looks to me is they just look, and why wouldn't you be? But this is the point. It's not its work rate. It's not, you know, sides come to Anfield and they have to graft. And to be fair to them, they do. But there's, you know, there's very few sides now that you see that come and you're thinking, what are they playing at there? Sides are coming to Anfield and they're grafting. These lads are grafting and they're buying into it and they're really enjoying it. They're really enjoying themselves. That's the thing that I, one of the things I was taking from it on Saturday was, and why wouldn't you? You know, after it goes, we're all over them to make it 2-0. And why wouldn't you graft? Because you've just scored a boss goal. You've just missed a really good chance. Everyone's alive. Everyone in that front six, plus the two fullbacks, they all feel like they're either about to set a goal up or score one themselves. They're all, and that's, you know, the, the look to me, it looks like there's a real raw enjoyment and we can do a lot of stuff where you talk about team spirit and team spirit comes through winning it does in the same way that buying comes through winning absolutely but the point is is that it's there in the first place and then it gets gratified by the fact that hang on this is all working everything's working let's just all keep doing it and then you're watching Firmino head across the pitch at 2-0 to try to win it back and you're thinking well most centre forwards are probably thinking we'll have a quiet five here and he thinks no 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 because if I win this back here I can set one of my mates up he can stick it in the back of the net we can have a lovely kung fu kick together it's all boss <laughs> and that, that's what you're watching isn't it that is what you're watching they're yeah, absolutely they're, loving it they're all doing it Salah Salah against Porto were winning 3-0 runs 40 yards to win a ball at left back you know there's no need for it you win a 3-0 he scored 30 goals already this season you know most people would say well it's fine but there's an understanding that what they're doing is bringing these results you know the work rate is bringing these results that's if as soon as we stop working it'll fall apart because it's all built around shape it's all built around positional play and work rate and it's impossible to defend against when you get it right, but it's it's a lot easier to play against when you don't get it right. So everyone's got to buy into it for it to work. And that's, that's you can say what you want about the manager, but part of his brilliance, and he is brilliant, and anyone who says he isn't brilliant, you can fuck right off. Part of his brilliance is convincing people to track the ball to left-back. Mo Salah, you've scored 30 goals this season, go to left-back. Firmino, you do it all day long. It's like playing... It's like playing Kante up front, but having the ability to score goals. It's ridiculous, the stuff he does, where he wins the ball back, the pressure he puts on the centre-mids, centre blindsided, how many times it, he's, he would be a nightmare to play against, an absolute nightmare if you're a centre-mid playing against him because you get no time off your midfield in front here anyway. You've got Oxlade-Chamberlain or, or Milner running after you. And so you're looking at them, you're thinking, right, where am I going to play this ball next minute? He's on your shoulder, he's hard as iron, he's doing them horrible little niggly fouls which aren't fouls. Salah does it all day long, them little... It's not a foul, but it's just enough to put you off balance so that you can just... A couple more steps, I'll just do that and then in a minute I'll do it again then. Oh yeah, thanks. And then we're away. He's out the game, you're four on three. And 
I, I don't know. I just think we're great. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the assists quickly. The two assists for the for the second and third goal, and even the fourth goal, really. But but certainly the Chan Chan and Wijnaldum. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Chan and Chan and Oxley Chamberlain Paul. Oxley Chamberlain there, you know, it's a give and go with Salah. I, he runs past, I think he runs past four. Yeah. You know, he go and and it, and it's so mucky in that you know he doesn't beat any of them it's cleanly. Persistent though, but isn't it, it is. But it's it's he's getting through them, and even the final ball, it looks it looks like he thrashes at it. He knows exactly where Salah is. He knows mm. where he's putting this. This this is Alex Oxley Chamberlain, by the way. Who you watch Arsenal yesterday? Abject, you know, and he he was one of the ones who was getting the most amount of stick. For for sort of the attitude problems around Arsenal, there's, there's no attitude problem with him, mate. Absolutely not. That 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 run is sort of the epitome of how he's been since he's at Liverpool. You can just see he came with it almost a glint in his eye. I'm, I'm gonna fucking show you about this. You know, we. I'm I'm not I'm not a passenger. I, I'm a top footballer who's been ruined at a football club. He comes on. He comes into the side at first, and I remember us talking. I think his post. Uh, it's a Spartak Moscow away that he's got a stink of death about him you know and he's just he's just worked and worked and worked at it and now he's in the first 11 for the most exciting side in the country or well, it's, it's a bit of a, a hard thing to say with Manchester City but I'd say the best side to watch in the country at the moment one of the best sides in Europe look, look at him go that, that, that assist is just pure determination to make it work like he, he has he's probably got I think it is four fellas he goes around and he gets away with it. I thought there's a there's a thing. Does he put it through for Mane where he puts yeah. it to the left and misses? I thought it could have only been Firmino. I've looked at that in the grand zone. Some assist that from Firmino. Gone home, watch the highlights back and gone. That's Oxley Chamberlain. What a little ball! Who can play that ball through? He's so exciting. And also, you know, you talk about Milner saying, "Well, this is where I play." He's been he's been going on about it for a while, and I've been going, "Alex Oxley Chamberlain." But what I've seen of him at Arsenal, he's an out and out winger, nothing else. What the fuck do I know? Do you know what I mean? That 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 little that little ball he puts through for Mane is just another yeah, level. Was, he was pulling wide a couple of couple of balls he got in as well were really good. Hmm. But we, the other assist was Emery Chan. Yeah, that, Chan. That's, and yeah. that's a really good. And it, it, it's a great. I think it's a great ball in that you know yeah. he gets it off. He gets one touch, gets it off from under his feet, and he just he just. He, I mean, I think we at times we try to play that ball too often when they're too deep. I think if there is you know looking back over the game when I was watching it back, I was a bit you know, and I was like that in the ground, lads. You're trying to do something ridiculous there, but for for some mad reason, and I think it's because the reds are gone because they just had enough of the reds because mm. it felt like there was 24 of us and four of them uh, at that point. But they they push out. Uh, you know, honestly, you're playing five four one, and you've got no peace, and you've got no one to pass to, and 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 there's you're getting there's hordes of these. I don't know. I honestly, you must have been thinking, what are we, are we three men down here? It's mad. But the the ball's the ball's the ball the tops. It's just absolutely perfect for him. Well, it, it has to be. It, you know, it requires the perfect touch, which it gets, and, and makes the keeper look stupid. But no, Chan Chan's longer passing's got better and better. I was, I was reading uh, Moy's comments afterwards. He was he was fulsome in his praise. Was was the for um, an ex Manchester United and Everton manager? Yeah, as well. and you know for That's naturally mean, for naturally mean spirited kind yeah. of character that he is. Let's <laughs> not let's not mince words here. Um, for a joyless he, chap. Yeah, for, for the for the for the joylessness of him, he was he was quite generous. Um, and it was interesting his comments about how stylistically it was a, it was a night that we're a nightmare to play against. He talked about the narrow front three, and you don't hear that talked about much because we think of them as all as bloody wingers at the end of the day, and no one's in the centre forward position. The truth is they're all in the centre forward position yeah. all the frigging time. They're always five yards off each other. Yeah. That's why you get those, those those chances that the three that Mane get, or sorry, the two that Mane gets, which he doesn't score from, and the one that Salah gets as he scores from. Those happen because they're very very close together. It means the midfield. 
midfield can play vertical balls into feet and know that even if a slight miscontrol, Salah slightly miscontrols it, it's, it's, it's a Mane's feet the next yeah. second. It's all there for us if you play but, that way. But, but it all depends on how the fullbacks function around And that. that's the other thing is that the fullbacks, you know, you set up with a five at the back against us and you think, okay, you've got these three superstars who are going to need to try and mark out the game and they're very tight together, as you just said. Mm. They're, they're, they're occupying a three-centre-half purposefully. So what do we do? We get a centre mid in Oxley Chamberlain. Second half, when it's still uh, it's one nil, we get Oxley Chamberlain time and again to go and stand on one of their centre halves. So now you've got four fellas marking three centre halves, and then you've got your two wing backs thinking, "So I go in and out them? Well, fuck that! I'm not going anywhere near that because yeah, I've got this lad go. flying down a wing here, so I can't go." Um, that's why you defend that because all all Oxley Chamberlain and, and credit we talk about Oxley Chamberlain there, but credit to him because a lot of those things, a lot of the thing you heard when we signed him, you know, you obviously put feelers out to any mates you've got who are Arsenal fans or whatever. Everybody's saying he's a great lad, he crafts, but he's a bit daft. Positionally a bit daft, and positionally he's not clever enough to play centre mid. I'll tell you what, mate. I watched him. The, the lad who sits next to me in the ground raised, made the points. Watch him. Just keep an eye on where he goes. Now when we've got the ball, we were just circling the ball. And Oxley Chamberlain, time and again, just drifted past the deepest centre mid, went and stood on the centre half for a couple of minutes, and then just drifted in, just dropped in. Like, and and the thing is, you know, Lampard used to get, oh look at Lampard's movements, and it was brilliant. Look at his movements, how clever it is. He drifts in, he's, he's occupied, and then all of a sudden he's in space. Oxley Chamberlain's only for twenty minutes, and he just kept getting the ball to feet, turn, plays the little pass for Manny, plays the one where he runs and beats a couple of men. But that's all because his movement's so clever. He's just drifting in behind on the blind side of people's shoulders all the time. As the, as the ball switches, he moves across. As it switches back, and then he's in space yet, is he? And then we turn, and we've got three men running. And it's it's almost, well, maybe four men running with one of the with one of the fullbacks overlapping as well. It's very, hard to, it's very hard to defend. Milner support. And Milner supporting and picking up the bits if they break. The, the wider point on this that I would suppose is you, you buy lads sometimes you go oh, not sure how that one will work out and I'm sure Oxley Chamberlain's maybe the epitome that it was a transfer that divided opinion amongst our supporters but that's, the thing is when was the last time the club got a transfer wrong I, I, can't, I can't tell you I can't tell you the last time the club got a transfer wrong there's Every single lad who we've brought in for a long period of time has improved us in, in a roundabout way Oxley Chamberlain is it's been almost like a perfect buy. He can cover, he can cover left side or right side of midfield. He can play wide, wide of a three, and he's improved us. You know, even go back to the likes of Wijnaldum. When we signed Wijnaldum, I haven't got a clue what we're getting. He's a number six or he's a number eight. I thought we were signing a number ten. You know, a lad who maybe does the job I've just described. What um, Oxley Chamberlain can do. The, he thinks the, the, he's a number 10. He said it's his best position. Well, OK, well, if you talk about the Manchester City thing you were saying earlier, mm. we're just we're just dropping them down one, aren't we? In, yeah. in, to, in, that, in them tactics. We are one up in that, in that, you know, they can be occupying, and this is, I think, that where the manager ends up here. And, it's, and you see Manchester City do it, and this is the company that we're keeping, and it's important to say that we're talking about this Liverpool side and the company, that Manchester City side. Who are probably the you, best side in Europe. It, it could be the best side in the Europe at the moment. But you've also got... I think what you're looking at, though, is you're actually looking at... If, if if it all works, you'll play in the sort of areas where yeah. a lad who plays off the front plays. 
if it all works because you'll be so high up the pitch. It's just that you'll you'll have three lads in front of you and not one. You'll play in that area and you, that that'll be the options. And you see Manchester City doing it all the time. You see that you know it's not like De Bruyne is picking it up. You know he's not picking it up deep inside his own half all the time. He's picking it up in in, in you know he's getting on the ball in the opposition just where the the middle third becomes the final third. That's where he's doing his business, mm. and that's classically where you'd have said someone like I don't know Pablo Aymar does his work. He picks it up around there. Well, they're picking it up around there. It's just got three lads ahead of them because the trust is they're physical enough. They're all physical enough to be able to get back. The other thing that's interesting, Rob, talking about transfers, we're going to want to talk about them more in a bit. But I, I'm talking about. The, the fact that all we bought is pace. And yet for me, and this shows what pace can do, the outstanding performer for me on the day was the slowest, was Liverpool's slowest lad on the pitch, which was Milner. Mm. But suddenly that's so much easier for Milner in that it, all he's got around him is pace. It's, if everyone's one-paced, then everyone looks one-paced. Suddenly Milner the other day, he's the one who's able to support, pick up bits, win battles, do everyone's donkey work for them, and then still make dynamic runs that break the line, just without doing it with the pace that these other lads have got. And suddenly that all looks like it makes so much more sense for him. And the way in which he's passing it to everyone is, he's passing it to them like, you're on the move now. Mm. I'm playing yeah. you, I've won it back, and I'm passing to you in a manner that tells you you're only going one way, you are on the move. And that's the other thing that I think they're doing really well is passing it in a way which says you're only going forward. Yeah, he, he was, I mean, it was a pretty complete midfield performance by Milner. And I've moved from thinking he's a good he's a good squad asset to thinking, I think he might be my first name on the midfield, and in midfield three next week and the week after that on this form. He, show, he showed early in the season, I think, in a couple of substitute appearances in Hoffenheim. He comes Stoke on as well. For yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And so he, he comes on and he sort of changes the game quietly. And he's, you know, it's been his lifelong ambition since he had three good games for Villa in midfield. And no manager has <laughs> ever had faith in him to do it. But he's got he's he's got all the gifts really, and as you said, but but without the pace, and, and yet he, he finds himself a yard wherever he is on the pitch. He can pull wide, deliver. Across. I think he it's finds... playing in a three. That's that suits him most. Yes, it def- yeah, it definitely it, does. It, yes. It's it's that, and it's also, you know, we spoke earlier about about the shape, and I think if the shape goes wrong or or some, there's a weak link in that shape, then there's more distance to cover because it's not working properly. If there's more distance to cover. Your pace comes into it, yeah, it, and your positional sense. He was toiling second half against Spurs. The Spurs changed the game, made it much harder for us, yeah. made us ragged, and suddenly you were all. Everyone was going. I'm not sure about Milner here. Exactly, he's finding yeah. it really hard. Whereas when we were on top first half, you were thinking these are exactly because it's always easy. You play, you, you play in any shape, any side. It's always easier if everyone knows what you're doing and everyone's on it. As soon as someone knocks off or someone doesn't press, then there's more gaps. As soon as there's more gaps, you've got more room to run. As soon as there's more room to run, you've got more more. You're tired. You're you're slow when you've got the ball. Uh, you're knackered in the, in the brain when you've got the ball. So you panic and you start, and then you start making mistakes and you start looking like a bit of a cart horse. Milner's looking great at the moment because the team's playing so well, and it's mm. it's a lot easier for his natural ability to shine through in terms of positional sense. Would you keep picking him? I think we need. I think the balance with him at the minute is is quite nice in terms of the little bits that need picking up. He made. Three or four really crucial tackles where they're just they're not in an attacking area, but if you don't make that tackle, they are asking you questions defence. So yeah, probably. I, I think in games where you're going deeper in the Champions League, you'll prove to be a massive a massive asset. Just just for the lads who's been and won a title, he's won things. Yeah, this is it. Where it's it's a side where I can I can just see him having a word in big games, reminding lads. Not to get too carried away, like we maybe did in in Baal, you know. Don't don't get don't over don't overexert yourself in this. Drop ten, all the simple things. You're there, even a Sunday league level. 
that sometimes they need to be said. And sometimes I think Liverpool are guilty of not saying it. But with him and Van Dijk, I think the manager called him over. Said. The manager called him over after one of the goals, uh, the second, third, or fourth, and I can't remember which one. I'm really annoyed with myself uh, because I was going to use it in the review show. Uh, but he called him over after one of the goals and had a long, long conversation with him about something that he wanted. He wanted to be done differently, and it was interesting. It was Milner he called over to have that mm. conversation. My thing on would I start him? I'd start him against everyone home and away in the bottom. The, what you can call the bottom ten, mm. I, because these are lads who tend not to have someone in centre mid who's who's got the pace to run, run away from you. I think, I think you saw against Tottenham that it was it it just became a little bit trickier for him. Mm. And I think, and I agree with Ben in that. I think it doesn't take much for it to be a little bit trickier for him to a lot trickier for him. If you know what I mean, mm. I don't think. And I don't think it's the same as it is for a couple of other players. Like I don't think Emre Chan's got many six out of ten games in him because of Emre Chan. And you know he, he managed to. He, I thought he gave a full showcase on a Saturday yeah, of, yeah, of Emre Chan. Yeah, yeah. um, he got the full spectrum across the course of the game. But fair play to him in that because he is a good player. The full the full spectrum results in you saying well he had, he's a good player who has a good game. Milner, I think, hasn't got that many six out of tens in him. Not because he's not capable of six out of tens, but the level we're trying to play at. If it doesn't go quite right. I think he can look a bit, he can look muckier than it actually is yeah. for him quite quickly. And I think that's, that's a bit hard. So I think United away is a bit of a bellwether one on this. If he picks him at United away, then he's absolutely got him in mind for something. But if I'm picking a team for United away, I'm picking Henderson, Shannon, one other. He runs. He runs. A, he runs a tremendous amount, James Milner. More more than a man who's uh, at the tail end of his career should be doing. And I think that's the problem. I, when he's come on as substitute, this he's actually been a really strong impact sub at times this season, which has surprised me just how good he's been. And I think you're. I think you're right about he ran out of legs against Tottenham, but, but I think you just have to acknowledge that if if he's if he's going to be in a big game, where you're going to ask him to run and run and run. He's dead after an hour. A brief break for those of you who don't subscribe to the Anfield Apps player. Just to talk to you about what it is that I think you're missing out on at this stage of the season. Listen, I know not everything's for everybody, but currently, if you are loving this side and loving the Reds, there's lots of fantastic stuff behind the paywall. There's Paul Senior's European show, which comes in once every three weeks. Gareth Roberts with his lower league show. We showed you the terrace thing as a freebie last week because we wanted you to get out there and know that this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to cover all aspects of the game from a Liverpoolian perspective, first and foremost. Tell you that story from the heart of the city, the importance of supporting this club, what it means to us, but also how we look at the wider football and world you've heard Ben and Rob on this Rob's doing his transfer show this week that will be out there that is our gutter show where he goes through a roundup. we're going to talk about that in a minute or two as well and also his overview show to see how the season's going in general at this stage we try to have a laugh on there as well as much as possible we do a lot of silly stuff and bits and pieces but we also have our fantastic weekend preview show the Friday show which comes out ironically enough on Thursday night but that's so it's ready for you as a, as a Friday morning commute yeah, this Liverpool side is very, very exciting and we hope we put that excitement over in our post-match shows, in our previews and in our reviews. We'll be having an intense tactical look at West Ham and I can't wait to do the one after Manchester United either. It is only £5 a month. Do go to theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please do consider it. I think it's the absolute business. I'm biased. Why don't you listen for a month and see what you think? The top four picture after the weekend then is... You know, it's another strong victory for the Reds. And I think that, that you know, it, it's a matter of... We're doing two things here, Rob. We want to finish as strong as we can. This is a team that deserves to finish, I think, second in the league and should be happy to finish and pleased to finish second in the league. It shouldn't be looked down upon. Um, 
but there's something else that's happening as well which is also simultaneously clambering the hill towards ensuring that we qualify for the Champions League next season they're almost they're two things that are obviously inexorably linked because they're the same task but sort of you, you, the way in which you get to look at a, a bank of games is quite different for instance in the let's just make sure we finish in the top four strategy Chelsea's result at United is no bad thing in the we're desperate to finish no. second strategy you'd rather Chelsea had beaten United the, the point of this is that though there's a job to be done and we're three points closer after the weekend and Chelsea can't say that I had this very discussion in the boozer yesterday with Steve Stephen Graves um I was saying, at the end of the day, if we're going to finish second, it's going to be about what we do. We are going to be the team that's good enough to finish second and it won't really matter what man you do because we're better than them anyway if we're going to do that. And I think there's a good chance we do. But in a way, second is vanity. Finishing in the top four is the key. That is, if in terms of what you wish for as a supporter, wish for that gap between us and fifth place to grow every single week. And that gives us the freedom, I, I think, to, to be a better team, to, to be a team that can go further in the Champions League. Uh, I, yeah, watching that game yesterday, Chelsea for the first, for the first half hour, you, you, you go, they're, they're still a team. They're still a really dangerous team who I would not like to face in the Champions League. But they do fall off a bit of a cliff. And United don't, don't ever get on the cliff and don't fall off it. They just hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I can't wait for us to get stuck into them in, in two weeks. I really can't wait for it. And but think, they're the one to fear most in, in a strange in, way. In, because, in a strange way, because yeah. Because there's no... Um, what's the word? There's no glamour about them. There's no... There's, there's no, no pretenses there's, there. No, there's no there's no desire to go and put on a show. It's just to come away with the with the product, which is the win, or or not being beaten, uh, which I imagine. Will Stay be. in the contest, and then they've got the quality. The only thing I'll say on that is it's backfired plenty for Mourinho at Man United. The stay in the contest. I mean, his record against the the big guns is terrible, um, and I know we're jumping forward a bit, but. This, this Liverpool side now versus when they last played Manchester United, I've stepped it up a little bit. We're, we're a bit more, we're a bit more solid, so we'll be able to put put our foot on the ball when required. But also, I think even with no Coutinho, I think we can uh, we can still we can still do damage as an attacking force as well. You say they're terrible. They've beaten Tottenham and Chelsea at home. Both teams we've yeah, only drawn rec- with. Yeah, it's, it's a recent it's a recent improvement from them. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. Actually, I'm probably talking about a slightly outdated stat, maybe from around the time we we last played them. Um, but but yes, I, 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 in games like that, I fan, I would always fancy us. I fancy us against anyone. If you tell me we're playing Real Madrid tomorrow, I fancy us. But United are maybe the one where I think they could just put, they could probably just Swansea us in a way and just demobile us, de, de, whatever the word I'm looking for is. Just take the tempo out of the game. Yeah, just and, take the tempo out of the game, and, stop us from playing and, and sneak a horrible one like they did yesterday. I think though, well, you'll always, your brain will always go to United, Ben, but next weekend we've got Newcastle at home and Man City are at home to Chelsea. And there's a point here where, you know, obviously what happens at United will feel, it'll feel massive. But I'd actually argue what happens next weekend. You know, if Liverpool beat Newcastle, doesn't have to beat them well. But even, if, but especially if we do beat them well, because goal difference could become a point in this as well. Mm. But if we beat, if we beat them, um, we can get ourselves into a situation where we can move. You know, we can really begin to put some daylight between us and them. If City then do the decent thing against Chelsea, yeah. And I think uh, just looking then on uh, again. Andrew Beasley puts something about points per game needed to finish fourth in the rationale is that we need 76 points 76 points reasonable reasonably yeah. saying that you're going to be fourth we need less than two points a game to do that and Chelsea need 2.3 so 
We need five wins, roughly. We need five wins. Five wins and a few bits. Um, we, win, we win next week. That's, that's four wins. And then you go to United, you've got to free it. You know, if you want to finish second, fine. Give them a hiding. Mm-hmm. If you draw, it's no bad result at all. I, I, you know, a draw's never a bad result at all, Trav. Just, like just because second. we never get any, we never get anything. You know, we're very rare that we ever get anything at all, Trav. Okay, we, we drew last year, but... You know, over the years, we, we haven't beat them there for ages, you know, and, and that was a motion charge, so it, that doesn't really count. Um, so yeah, I, I just think we'd have to, we'd have to really, really, really struggle not to, not to finish top four now, even like last season when, when we, ne- when we needed to win more points than we do this season. Um, we managed to find a way to win games. We, we we dog games out this season. I don't see it being an issue. And and you start then changing. Okay, well let's let's make sure we don't have a qualifier. A qualifier. Let's let's at least finish third. I don't think that applies anymore. By the way, oh, the top four, you're no. automatically oh, next, next, from no, next yeah. season. I'm fuck it then. It's exactly that's what I'm saying. Well, I tell you where you get. I tell you where you get to. Well, I tell you what it gets you if, if, if all goes according to plan. Our games have been beautifully spread out for us since the turn of the year, and, it, and it's why it's working with, with having just three rather than four up top. Um, but you get to the business in April in the, in the quarterfinals, we're suddenly going to have two games a week again. And if we even get beyond that, it's going to extend for a four or five week, well, four or four week period. It's at that point where you go, hang on, I wouldn't mind the, the home game against, who will it be then? I don't know, Bournemouth, for example. I wouldn't mind, not exa- we won't have to exactly put Shea Ojo and Kev Stewart out this time, but we may, but we may have uh, allowed Chamberlain to play up front and Solanke to play up front and two of Mane, Firmino and Salah to drop out. That's where the bonus will come of getting building a gap now. Beach, Chelsea get beaten at City and there's every possibility they will and we beat... Uh, Newcastle, that's a seven-point gap. And as you say, we're running at around two points a game all season. Chelsea have to gain at a, a point a game for seven games. They have to win a seven-game winning run to sort of to, 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 to be in the conversation with us in the last three. It's, it's a big weekend this I think the other, the other thing as well is Chelsea have been on the brink a couple of times Falling this season of, of, the, of, the, of the wheels coming right off and them going to bits. And yeah. managed, in fairness to Conte, he's managed to pull it back a couple of times. But you just wonder whether if they go and get beat next week and then they go out the European Cup the week after, um, you just wonder whether they've then got the capacity to but carry on winning games. To be fair, and I, and I mean this, and I'm going to say to be fair to the players, and I do mean this because I think, you know, at the minute we're a project we feel like we're only going one way. You know, we're only going. It's all about what we can attain and what we can do. This is a this lads there playing for Chelsea who won the league in 2015 and who won the league in 2017, and I think it is hard to say to them, lads, let's roll our sleeves up for top four. And I think that that's completely, in a human level, that's completely understandable. It's completely understandable. Well, they finished 16th as well, or whatever it was. Well, they were really good. They ended up ninth that season, yeah. but they were really you know poor. What I'm saying? But so I haven't they got the pain from that to draw on? Well, it's a little bit, but I think, I, I don't know, I think that it's, it's, there comes a point where I think, you know, if you are a player, I. I think you need to you need to feel as though there's professionalism, but then there's also this is what we're in it to attain this season, and and I think that we you know Klopp sold them the idea of listen this season for us it's about consolidation and going as deep as we can into the Champions League and hopefully p- picking a trophy. But if we end up at the business end, great for Chelsea. You've been defending this title, and no one even talks about them now as champions. No one does because yeah. of Man City. The extent to which they're irrelevant now, and if they go to Man City and get beaten, if they get made a show of like Spurs did, for instance, then it will be difficult for them to then sort of dust themselves 
themselves down because they're going, oh, I'll tell you what, this is, why is this so much harder? But in addition to that, as well as the, you know, you say the professional and the art, you know, they will be, but everyone in the world knows Conte's getting off in the summer. So you're playing in the dying embers of a manager's, uh, of a manager's role at a club and, you, and you're out the European Cup and you've just got whacked by City or you've been beat by City and you've got to try and get seven points back or ten points back or whatever it is. By that point. By that point, you think, and plus, you've had the legs run off you for the whole of the season because they've got a really small squad and they haven't notated at all. You're thinking, you know, you start having knocks, you start thinking, well, you want me to be tracking back here. Got a World Cup. Got a World Cup coming up. You know, let's be realistic. So I think Chelsea aren't a million miles away from from dropping completely out. I think Arsenal are out of it. So I think it might almost, you just keep a little bit of pressure on now, it might just sort of resolve itself. Motivation for them has got to be their own personal pride for the next year, hasn't it? Am I a champion... Am I a Champions League player? If I'm Ed Nazareth and I'm not in the Champions League next year, I can't be spoken about in the same breath as Mo Salah, Messi, Ronaldo. That's right, but then the other thing is that and, and, and if you're Arthur, if you're Hazard, if I'm Hazard now, I'm looking at... Get off. Exactly. Yeah. Come to the summer, I've been here five years, I've won the league, I'm probably not going to win the European Cup because you're going in now, we're having a whole new rebuilding programme. Well, yeah, but I've got two league winners' medals. I've got two league winners' medals, I can get off with my head held high. I've done. I've won things with Chelsea and they've won well more than us. And he can go and say to them, is it? Do you fancy me coming to play for you, lads, or the whoever? Chelsea. Look at all of them players. All of them can say the same thing, pretty much. Chelsea have got City next weekend. They've also on the 1st of April. They've got uh, Tottenham uh, at home as well. And that one does feel like it's going to be a bit of a marker fixture the day before that we go to Crystal Palace and get a really frustrating draw. Um, <laughs> Other thing, time. other thing I wanted to talk yeah. about, Robin, we're going to do a, a gutter show on tour player this week, so we should point that out, but there was, uh, there was the... That's a transfer show, folks. That is a transfer show, a show where we discussed Liverpool's transfer links. There was something that just looked eminently sensible uh, put out by Paul Joyce, hello Paul, this week. If you're not following Paul on Twitter and reading him in the Times, do do so. And it, it struck me that there were similarities to last year, to be honest with you. It was like, this is what Liverpool want to do, and there's going to be people who are going to say it might happen, it might not, because you'll always say that. But you sort of think that if Liverpool are putting out at this stage after what they did last season, last season at this time, about around this time of year, Liverpool named five players they were going to buy and four of them now play for Liverpool and the other one's Naby Keita and he's coming. Yeah. Um, I th- to me, it looked like a very, very similar thing. They want Alisson if they can if they can come to terms. Uh, they want uh, the lad who plays in Napoli, Jorginho. Um, Jorginho. Uh, they want him in. Um, they want uh, someone who comes in and replaces Coutinho. And what was the other one they wanted? Um uh, I I don't know. I mean, Pula, well, my guess is Pulisic remains target number one as the most offensive player they're looking at. Jorginho, the most defensive midfielder, is the replacement for Emery Chan, who looks almost certain to go. I don't think they're going to touch centre-half because Gomez is added to the pool that includes Matip and Lovren by then. They're not going to touch full-back because they're all good. Uh, so it's only so it's, it's Kaita plus one more in midfield. And I don't think, you asked me to guess, although they're, they're, they've briefed against it, I'm not convinced the Lamar thing's dead. I think it's Pulisic, Lamar, Jorginho, Kaita anyway. That's how it looks. Yeah, I mean, Jorginho's interesting. It was not one I expected to sort of come on the radar. He'll be expensive. You know, we, we talk about Napoli a lot on the European show on tour player. The, he's been... He's he's the one that won't make the headlines every week, but he's almost in, he's instrumental. You know, the, Napoli wrote off their Champions League season to focus on winning the title in Italy. There's still a, a point. Well, Juventus's game was suspended last night, but they're technically a point ahead. They play tonight, Napoli actually, um, and he's he's the enabler again. And I think he's the he's the player who Liverpool 
will look to sign to allow other lads to play. So now, I've, I've wondered whether Klopp wanted Kaita to come in as a number six or a number eight. Number eight, by the looks of things. Um, He's not a number six. I'd be, no. I'd be amazed if he sat him in. I'd no, no, I would, I would as well. But you never. Well, we were talking earlier. You never know. He's done, he's done things before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's where he's almost. You're, you're a great attack and play, but well, listen, we're just going to take ten percent off you and get all the benefits when we're on the break or whatever. I think, I think that's what this move's all about. It's an Emery Chan replacement, I'd imagine. Um, the Allison one, obviously, is probably the the world's best up and coming goalkeeper. He's had a bad week, but he's he's tremendous. What uh, happened to him? He got caught out in a free kick in Europe, which he probably shouldn't that. have. Uh, from um, Fred, well, who's, who's, <laughs> yeah, keep him in your Yeah, Fred had checked up, put one past him that he probably shouldn't have made one great save. That was but well yeah, he does. I mean, he is a top, top, top class goalkeeper. The, the the bigger question for me is what he wants in the in the position to replace Coutinho. Let's talk about Pulisic. He's nineteen. I don't see how he still gets in the side. Yeah, hasn't lit the world up for Bruce. He's Dortmund. twenty by the start of next season, but yeah. still, yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's so raw. I'm not. He's he's a project by, and in the same way as well, I'd imagine Lamar is um, one that doesn't naturally just come in straight away, but. I've I think got you have both Lamar's got very bright futures out of them. You know? If Lamar's still in contention, he comes straight in because he's twenty three. If you're going to do Pulisic, my my little wider business context in this is Liverpool tour in America in the summer, and there's no bigger star in America than, than Christian Pulisic at, at the moment. I think the interesting thing about the transfer, you know, the brief, whatever it is, but you know, you call it a brief and you call it whatever you want. The, the transfer rumours. You know, you just said about the strike rate from when they done it last year, and now there's four or five playing for them now. You would imagine they have conversations with the players, obviously, which happens. But you look at all the players who have bought or who were buying. Kaita, he's got the same agents as uh, Mane and the good mates, and they knock about together. And he Mane's saying to him, "Fucking come and play for us," you know, because it's sad. Allison. He's there, he's Brazilian. Yeah. So you'll have a chat with Firmino, Coutinho, what's the story? Is it, what's it like? Fucking brilliant, mate. It's great. Yeah, you can imagine Coutinho goes back and says, you want to play in the Premier League, that'd be great. That'd be good. Go there. He's, he's at the same club where Salah's just come from. He's looking at Salah now, thinking, bloody hell, he's gone through the roof, he's now one of the best players in the world. Okay, I'll have a bowl of that. And you start, you start, <laughs> you start adding all that up and, and it, it's no wonder, you know, uh, Van Zijk, when Alden gone this year, what's it like playing for Klopp? He's, he's, I'd run through the wall for him. He's great. He's this. He's that. And if we get it right, if you come and box our defence off, we're going to be unstoppable. And he fancied that instead of going and signing for City and getting a medal. This club starts selling itself what they're doing right. And, and transfers start becoming less of a gamble because you're buying... The transfer policy that we've got at the minute looks to be let's just buy some of the best players in the world who are perfectly suited to how we play footy and let's not worry about yeah, it. It reminds me of like Magnificent Seven type movies from when I was a kid where they had to put a team together and they were going to go, they were going to travel across the desert in three different towns and find that one fella. It couldn't just be somebody who lived next door. It had to be him. And this is, this is I like this trance. This is what the sense you get. No, we'll wait. We'll, we'll cross mountains and rivers until we find him in, in a hut in Tibet or wherever and, and he's coming but, to Liverpool. But the wider context is, and this is the thing where you know when you listen to the show last week and people are saying the manager's under pressure it's fucking nonsense these are these are lads where put a phone in phone call into Liverpool and you go what's it like that's fucking great you know you know you want to be virtual fans I could have just walked into City and got a a, a winner's medal nah Klopp you, you know this is this is the attitude so 
when you were, were uh, nonsense being spoken about fucking Klopp under pressure, I don't, I don't understand where that derives from. It's the best thing to happen to the club for a long, long time. Okay, uh, thank you very much to Ben Johnson, Paul Senior, and Rob Gutman. And in association with Reds Bet, that is the Anfield wrap. Sports Social Podcast Network.